Hello and welcome back to day 15 of lockdown, or should we say day one of the new lockdown. So you're not getting rid of us yet. We have promised to be a daily podcast for the entire of lockdown and we will deliver. We will continue our daily podcast as promised, except now it won't be 21 professionals. It'll be 21 plus 14. <laughs> My name is Kirsten Farquharson and with me I have the incredible Danielle DeToy. Today we have a very awesome guest. His name is Abraham LaRue. He is a clinical psychologist who has been in private practice for the past 25 years. He has a special interest in self-development and working with couples. He studied fine art before he studied psychology and specializes in glass casting. Creativity is therefore very important to him and his work focuses on finding creative ways of working with especially the early mother-child relationship. He also has an interest in couples therapy that he approaches from an analytic perspective and a neuroscience perspective. Abraham, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Abraham, it's such a pleasure to have you today, especially in light of what President Ramaphosa announced last night. Anxiety is rife within the country today. And we were hoping to get your take on, on anxiety. But firstly, could you explain to our listeners what anxiety is specifically and its function in, in our psyches? Yeah, with pleasure. Um, I think that it's incredibly important first for us to, uh, to know that there's also a difference between healthy and unhealthy anxiety. That a certain amount of anxiety, especially under the present circumstances, will be warranted and that most people will experience that. And so um, it's very different from pathological anxiety. Uh, and pathological anxiety needs treatment, whereas normal healthy anxiety just needs a observation and kind of like normal coping skills. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I think that the most important kind of purpose of anxiety is just to be able to see it as firstly as a warning system and, and then secondly as a defense system. A warning system is like pain is for the body. Uh, anxiety is for the soul in the psyche. So for example, if you would like walk and you step into a thorn, um, you would immediately stop, kind of attend to it, pull out the thorn, kind of like put a plaster on if it was like a, a deeper wound or clean it, and then you would carry on and then your body would be fine. But like, say for example, you would just keep on walking. The pain would actually get more and more excruciatingly painful. And then over time, that could get infected and eventually can end up with gangrene that could actually be life-threatening. So you could see it's warning the body to, to actually attend to that part. So anxiety is warning the psyche that we need to attend to something. And then in that attending, there's a defense system. So like, for example, if you step into the thorn, you will immediately pull back. You would have a defensive reaction to that. And then you would say like, okay, fine, I need to deal with it. And within anxiety, that defense system takes the form of fight flight and freeze so we know those kind of like the fight is, is immediately we want to actually kind of like um, get ourselves out of the situation in a sense like by attacking in, in 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 a sense if we feel that that's the best response or we'll take flight we can we can either leave the room or run away whatever that flight takes place and then freeze which is the most primitive of them all is the response that is very deeply kind of ingrained within our kind of brains and that's like if you look at like a full, small animal um, 
when there's a predator in the environment, it will usually freeze because by not moving, the predator actually would not be alerted. And so that is a, the, the third kind of like a deeply ingrained kind of way that we respond to anxiety. So we, we must remember that kind of um, when we don't act on these responses, if we don't act on this fight, flight or freeze, uh, the adrenaline that actually was flooding our system that is activated now, the sympathetic nervous system within us, if we don't act by actually getting that adrenaline out of our system, it actually leaves an incredibly unpleasant sensation in us. Uh, in us. And that's usually when we complain about anxiety. So Abraham, I think differentiating between those healthy and unhealthy anxiety is going to be very important for our listeners. What are the forms of anxiety? So what forms does anxiety take place in? Well, it takes on many different forms, and, and I, I'm going to briefly just take you through them, just for, for the listeners to actually understand kind of uh, how, where they can position themselves when they experience different forms of anxiety. A very common one, uh, and especially when we are in an acute kind of situation of stress, uh, is uh, the panic attack or the panic disorder. And, and those kind of symptoms is usually a pounding heart, sweating, trembling, shortness of breath, a feeling of choking, a chest pain, nausea, feeling dizzy, feeling of losing control or fear of dying. So a lot of people having these symptoms almost fear that they're having a heart attack. And so they will end up at ERs usually kind of like thinking something terribly has happened to them and they are about to die and in most cases it was just the panic attack so it's very important to know that the two are very closely kind of uh they're feeling very much the same but obviously they are very different as far because a panic attack hasn't killed anybody although you do feel like you're going to die and these kind of panic disorders is usually triggered by uh, a trigger in the here and the now but it actually relates to an earlier trauma sometimes a very early trauma and part of that trauma is a fear of losing social support, uh, also a kind of a deep fear, I'm not going to survive. And that needs to be dealt with in therapy in order to actually deal with. But in the short term, usually medication is given in order to help the patient or the person in that moment. And then another form, a very different form of anxiety is social phobia. It's something that a lot of people have without them even knowing their habits. So it's kind of where you have a fear of a situation where you fear that there's going to be embarrassment. You will be embarrassed in a kind of a situation. So um, it's kind of feeling watched and judged. That kind of sense that there's eyes on you all the time and that's a and a lot of people find that very kind of uncomfortable and then they will avoid social environments and uh, it would also then play into uh, low self-worth and a third kind of anxiety is obsessive compulsive disorder uh, this is um, kind of uh, obsessive thoughts that goes with compulsive uh, behavior that is very time consuming and creates distress and also uh, sometimes relate to uh, impairment. Like, for example, somebody will be cleaning the house for the 20th time, three o'clock in the morning, so they don't get enough rest and they keep on having to go. Now, the dynamic that is at play here most uh, is that there's something else that they are 
anxious about or upset about, something deeper that they're not actually looking at and wanting to deal with. And now they symbolize it on um, kind of, for example, cleaning. And in a way, by doing that repetitively, it's soothing that anxiety and actually making them feel better. And then uh, a fourth um, one that is a very difficult kind of uh, anxiety uh, is the post-traumatic stress disorder. You also get the acute stress disorder. And, and that is when there was an extreme stressor that was really traumatic, like, for example, an accident or war experience. And the person keeps on reliving that experience and that event. And they try to avoid any reminders, like going back to the same place, or sometimes it can even be the same season or some, some situation that relates to that kind of traumatic experience. And what's quite interesting here is, is, is that we have um, an, an experience, if you call something an experience, it actually constitutes uh, four main uh, aspects. And you can put almost like them on kind of like a graft uh, of four blocks. And on the top left-hand corner, you can put in the word pictures. On the right-hand top corner, you can put in the word words. And the left-hand bottom corner is your feelings, your emotional feelings. And the right side at the bottom is your body sensations. If you put those four things together, that is that constitutes an experience. And when we have a traumatic experience, especially very traumatic, that kind of fall gets split up. It's a kind of defensive reaction. It's, it's trying to help you. But that's a diabolic process. Diabolic, the word diabolic means to throw apart. And they actually move then in four directions. So you can either just remember the pictures or the, or, or the words or the feelings. Like you, you sometimes said, like, it's indescribable. Or I can't even imagine to think about those pictures again. Or my body just feels completely numb. Or you feel that I can describe it, but I can't go to the emotional feelings. So you can see that's when it's a part. And the whole therapeutic process behind post-traumatic stress and anxiety around that is slowly bringing those four aspects together again. Uh, that creates uh, fear and anxiety again. And, and that's why that needs to be dealt with in therapy with very great care, because otherwise you re-traumatize the person. Uh, but um, when a situation like, for example, with the coronavirus and that creates um, fear of kind of getting sick or a fear of a loved one that could maybe get sick and, and could die or a fear of job uh, could really trigger very old post-traumatic stress experiences. So people would suddenly feel anxiety on a level that they haven't felt before. And it will be kind of sometimes far more than you would anticipate the anxiety should be. And that's why where a current stressor actually activates a much deeper stressor that is related to post-traumatic stress disorder. And then uh, a fifth one is the, what we call generalized anxiety disorder. And that is kind of quite common um, uh, in our society. And that's where there's excessive anxiety or just worry about um, the majority of things that actually takes part place in our world and the way I tend to think about it or describe it to people I work with in therapy is to say it's almost like you're allergic to your um, your world it can either be your inner world that needs to be then addressed 
or it could be the outer reality in your world. So it could be your job, it could be a relationship that needs to be ex uh, assessed, observed, and actually worked with. So otherwise that anxiety just lie there kind of underlying, almost like being there constantly through your day and your night. And then um, another anxiety that is very much uh, also part of depression. So anxiety can be a feature of depression or anxiety can actually also lead to depression. So for example, if that kind of consistent anxiety, chronic anxiety is there, it can actually create almost an inflammation in the brain. And that inflammation becomes then the depressive experience. And that can lead to very, very deep depressions and, and needs to be addressed very quickly and, and effectively. And then the last one, which I'm concerned about, kind of that could suddenly raise its head, with, especially with the two weeks extension that we see in the um, present lockdown, is where there's a medical condition, uh, for example, uh, substance use or abuse. So say, for example, people suddenly go into withdrawal from alcohol or, or drugs um, that they can't get hold of uh, in this extension. They can go into withdrawal and that withdrawal goes with a lot of anxiety. And that becomes a medical condition and people need to actually pay attention to that because if it's um, alcohol withdrawal or any other medication of withdrawal or drugs, it can lead to death. And people need to not take that lightly and rather go into the ER if uh, that kind of situation occurs. So that's broadly kind of if you look at the different categories of anxiety. Thank you, Abraham. That was so beautifully explained. I can imagine that all of those different types of anxiety will be rearing their head in the next few weeks, if not already. Um, what do you think are some of the coping strategies that people will be using or have been using for anxiety? Yeah, one of the ways, if, if, you, if you can look at it in the bigger picture, and, and um, it always helps to actually uh, know that the brain wants to always create an equilibrium. Uh, all the neuro kind of uh, transmitters and hormones wants to be at a balanced state. Uh, and that creates a sense of calmness. And that's where we all want to be. So that's the picture that we, we kind of heading for. And how to get there is what they call the neuroscience up and down regulation. And up, the, the, the up regulation is via your behavior, via your body. And the down regulation is via your brain. That's your prefrontal cortex thinking about the situation. So the coping strategies that you're talking about in upregulation would be is exercise. Now, that's just a bit of a bummer in the kind of the situation that we're in, because I also had to kind of find ways of kind of getting to exercise, running up and down steps, doing yoga via the Internet, uh, all sorts of kind of innovative ideas that we need to kind of incorporate to exercise. But I really, especially people with anxiety, need to exercise at least one hour a day. And whenever you're anxious, the go-to place, go and exercise, especially cardio work, gets that adrenaline out of the body. And then obviously try to get good sleep because the moment we kind of throw our sleep patterns out, it's like now we're suddenly watching kind of um, the one kind of episode after the other one and three o'clock in the morning, we fall asleep on the couch. 
And slowly we throw out our sleeping habits and patterns. And that can over time create anxiety as well because sleep is incredibly important to keep that equilibrium. And then also looking at what we eat and drink because uh, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, too much sugar, all of those things actually add to the adrenaline kind of that has been expressed in our bodies. And so, so the more healthy we eat, and and drink the more we're going to support our bodies in actually help to regulate or create that balance that we need to do and then obviously if you do have anxiety medication definitely has its place but like especially in anxiety most medications that works very effectively for anxiety is also very addictive and that needs to be taken to account and that's why i would rather uh, always see that people follow more healthy regimes um, then actually go, medication should just be your last resort breathing exercises for example also is also a very kind of healthy way of helping to manage your anxiety so that's the up regulation from the, the body up but the down regulation that's from the prefrontal cortex down that's the way we think so rational thinking kind of cognitive therapy uh, listening to podcasts like these and, 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 and actually listening to um, or reading good books uh, or having sessions online with your therapist helps a lot with that down regulation and, and to contain the anxiety. Um, meditation, I personally think, is a fantastic thing. It, it's something that really changed my life and I would really implore people to really look at that as a wonderful coping strategy, especially at this time. Now that we have more time, we can actually download wonderful apps that, uh, like Headspace that could help um, people get into meditation and then the last but not the least and uh, is social support to really use the people around us to talk about our anxieties to help us to actually voice something sometimes help us to contain it because when it runs around in our minds it gets out of kind of sorts uh, by talking about things feeling the support of other people helps to contain a lot of these anxieties Thank you for your insight into the different coping mechanisms for anxiety, Abraham. When would you say it would be important for, for someone with anxiety to see a clinician or to go to the emergency room or to seek medical treatment? Well, I think that the two for the emergency rooms, I think that uh, people that have a severe panic attacks sometimes need intervention. They need kind of sometimes they would, they would get uh, a tranquilizer that would soothe them. And obviously when it happens, a lot of people don't know if they're getting a heart attack or not. But if it's happened more than once, they, they start to understand, okay, fine, this is a panic attack, this is not a heart attack, or I'm not going crazy. Um, and then they can regulate it themselves usually, but in a severe kind of condition, and they feel that they can't get control over their breathing or their heartbeat, then it's best to go into ER. And most specifically, when you think that you're in a substance withdrawal and the panic that goes with that or anxiety that goes with that, that is a medical condition that needs to be attended to very quickly. Because otherwise you can go into uh, DTs, as they call it, and that could uh, cause multiple organ damage, 
which which unfortunately can lead to death. And that's why we should not underestimate it. And as I said, that is a major concern for me with the prolonged lockdown and people not maybe getting access to their to their substances that they have been using. And um, but the the rest, uh, for example, depression. Also, I think if it's severe, when it becomes suicidal, then obviously if you don't have people around you or a therapist, then you also need to go to your closest ER as quickly as possible because they would have uh, psychiatrists on standby that would immediately be able to help. Um, further on, I think that there is nowadays being therapists being online now. Um, more generally um, creates a much more access um, to psychological services and I would really uh, uh, think that it would be helpful for people to actually use those services if they feel that any of these symptoms or diagnoses that I was actually referring to uh, seems to be quite prevalent in their lives and they need to sort them out. Thank you Abraham, that's incredibly helpful. Thank you very much for that. What take-home piece of advice, if anything, would you want listeners to leave this podcast with? What I would like people to, to remember is, is, is that anxiety wants to help you. It's your friend. Like pain is also your friend because without those two, we won't survive. It, it, it's the messenger. It tries to tell us something. And we need to attend to that. doesn't matter if it's internally or externally, but we need to to that we need to observe it and then we need to act on it um, because if we don't act on it it actually is going to make our lives miserable if we do we're going to heal and grow that's really really lovely advice thank you thank you so much for your incredible insight and wisdom and explaining it in a way that is so accessible for our listeners and articulating it in such an eloquent way for us Many of our listeners have requested a resource on anxiety, and I think this is definitely going to be something that is very impactful for them. So thank you so much, Abraham, for your time today. No, I'm glad that I could help, and I hope that it helps the people out there so that they can also get the help they need if they need to. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your information. We are eternally grateful. Thank you, Abraham. No, that's a pleasure. If you would like to contact Abraham to book a session, you can contact him on 082-823-8407. He does practice in Cape Town, but like he said in the podcast, he is offering online sessions. Thanks, Abraham. So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.